Please be advised that this episode contains talk of cult activity, animal sacrifice, animal cruelty, murder, suicide, and dismemberment. All ye who in future days walk by Nantasket stream, love not him who, on his lay, cheerful to the parting beam, but the beauty that he wooed in this quiet solitude. Poem on Solitude Rock, East Bridgewater. Hello, 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 everyone. You're listening to Creeping Out Katie. I'm Katie. Thank you for joining me for another creepy episode. In this podcast, I talk about the different creepy things that scared me as a child. I also talk about the history behind them and if they're actually scary. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope you are having a nice break from reality with your loved ones. Uh, so little disclaimer, I sound like I always sound bad here. I, I, I admit that, but I sound worse today because I have COVID and missing out on family events. Fortunately, everyone else in the household is happy and healthy. And that's all that matters this holiday season. This episode is dedicated to my Uncle Johnny who wanted me to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle for a very long time. If you are not from Massachusetts, the Bridgewater Triangle is a 200-square-mile vortex of unexplained paranormal activity. It is a curious spot in southeastern Massachusetts that is known for all manners of wacky supernatural shenanigans, to put it lightly. Oh lord, I thought I knew a good amount of information about this place before doing this research, and like, nope, I, you learn something new every single time. Like, I feel like they just threw every supernatural element or cryptid in one tiny, I almost said square, but in one tiny triangle. You got Bigfoot in your state? <laughs> well, guess what? We might have a whole colony of Bigfoot. Big, big feet. Bigfoots. Ape-like creature things. You got a ghost? Pfft, everything's haunted here. Aliens? Everyone in the 70s pretty much seen a UFO. You are not special. We got a spooky island in the middle of a lake that has phantom fires and rains frogs. How about that? Huh? That's also with the possible apes. I tried to talk about this place to two of my coworkers at a holiday party, and it is so hard to convince people you're not crazy when you talk about this place. Now, I lived in Massachusetts my entire life, but somehow I did not hear anything about the Bridgewater Triangle until my late teens. However, both my mom and dad lived in the Bridgewater Triangle area, and they swear they've seen strange floating lights. I went to the Freetown State Forest with three other high school friends. I had no idea where we were going or what they were doing. All they said was like, oh yeah, we're going to the ledge. Like, that was it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. They did not tell me anything about this area until we were deep in the woods. I remember one of them was like, oh yeah, so this woods apparently has Bigfoot, uh, alien abductions, ghosts, puckwudgies, your little hedgehog people things. Um, oh, there was also a satanic cult in murders a while ago. Don't worry, that was in the 80s. There shouldn't be any murderers now. I remember I was like, okay, I don't care about the aliens, but wait, what about what, what cult? Excuse you? What? Since that trip, I have been looking at different documentaries and articles about the Bridgewater Triangle. I will do my best to talk about, you know, all the New England fan favorites like the Puckwudgies and the Red-Headed Hitchhiker, but hey, I am bound to miss something you might think is important. If you want, you can comment your favorite Bridgewater Triangle mythos on our comment section of our Twitter and Instagram at River6Audio. For now, relax, enjoy, and try not to get creeped out. The Bridgewater Triangle contains the towns of Abington, Rehoboth, 
and Freetown at the points within and surrounding this triangle are the towns Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, Brockton, Whitman, Middleborough, Norton, Eastern, Lakeville, Dighton, Berkeley, Raynham, and Taunton. I feel that before we talk about the Bridgewater Triangle, we need to talk about the history of this area. King Philip's War was a horrific conflict in 1675 through 1676 between indigenous people of New England and New England colonists and their indigenous allies. 52 English towns were attacked, a dozen were destroyed, and more than 2,500 colonists died, which was perhaps 30% of the English population of the time. At least twice as many Native Americans were killed. It is believed that the death total was over 9,000 individuals. The war was named after Chief Metacommon, the Wampanoag chief, who adopted the name Philip because of the friendly relationships between his father Massasoit and the Mayflower Pilgrims. The underlining causes of the war were that the colonists desired more and more land, as well as the trial and execution of three of Metacommon's men by the colonists. This war took place mostly in Massachusetts, but in Connecticut and Rhode Island as well. On August 12, 1676, Metacommon was assassinated at Mount Hope by a Native American in the service of the English. The natives that were still associated with Metacommon were killed or sent to the West Indies as slaves. The English really wanted to set an example with Metacommon's body. They drew and quartered him into four parts. They strung the four pieces into trees and left them there to rot. One of his hands was sent to Boston for display, and his head was sent to Plymouth to be set on a stake in the center of town. To make matters worse, his head was on display there for about 25 years. You can actually visit that very spot. In front of the First Parish Church and the Old Plymouth Country Courthouse on Church Street, there is a rock with a plaque stating Metacommon and his family's mistreatment. It is said that there is so many paranormal activity in this area because the natives summoned up dark spirits to curse their stolen land and have their revenge on the Europeans. However, paranormal researchers believe that this area is a spiritual contamination of the environment. The violence and cruelty from this area created negative zones, which attracted chaos in the paranormal. These places are also called Hellmouths, or areas where dark forces can travel to Earth or our reality. Okie doke, so what is a Honkamonk Swamp? The 17,000-acre Honkamonk Swamp in Raynham, Massachusetts, is one of the most haunted central sites of the Triangle. In the Algonquin language, it is translated to the place where spirits dwell. It is believed that there are thousands of graves in the swamp that go back at least 8,000 years. It was always seen as a sacred land to the Native Americans, as a place for hunting and burial grounds. Those who visit the swamp say they feel sick or like they're being watched. The Freetown Fall River State Forest has reportedly been the place of numerous cult activity, animal sacrifices, ritual murders, assassinations, and suicides. This is all very unfortunate because the place is extremely beautiful. In the Freetown State Forest, there is Profile Rock. This is a 50-foot high rock that looks like a human face, and the Wampanoag people have long considered the rock as sacred. According to legend, it is of image of the Wampanoag chief Massasoit. Local legends say that ghost dancers are often seen dancing around the rock as well as a man sitting there with outstretched arms. Other reports tell of strange glowing orbs of light being seen and disembodied voices. On the opposite end of the forest, the Asanet Ledge, or The Ledge, has its own set of legends. The remote location has reportedly been the site of ghosts standing on top of the ledge and leaping before disappearing. Many believe you can hear the forest scream. Now, this is where my high school friends took me, and, you know, as brilliant teenagers we were, we actually thought this is a great place to scream at the top of our lungs. So I'm not saying you hear ghosts screaming, but you may be hearing dumb teenagers letting out their frustrations there. The town of Rehoboth is known in the triangle with the most ghost activity. The Horbin School is a historical one-room schoolhouse built in 1862. 
People have reported seeing a class in session through the windows with a teacher and students dressed in Victorian-era clothing. One person thought that they were disrupting a historical reenactment. When they went inside to apologize, no one was in the room. Rehoboth's most famous ghost is that of the red-headed hitchhiker of Route 44. Nobody is sure who this spirit is. He is seen standing on the side of the road in work boots, jeans, red flannel shirt, along with his long shaggy red hair and beard. His eyes vary on different reports. They could be normal human eyes, black and demonic, or glowing bright. It is said that if you are driving late at night on Route 44, you will see this man on the side of the road. You will be compelled to slow down or pull over to pick him up. If you stop, he would quietly sit in the back of your back seat. He would not answer any of your questions, and if you look back in your rearview mirror, he will be gone. Invisible, he would scream or laugh at you. Sometimes a poor unsuspecting driver would just be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and the red-headed hitchhiker would appear in the back seat without the driver even noticing until it's too late. If there is someone in the passenger seat, the red-headed hitchhiker would take their place for a second to scare the driver. He does not seem like an evil spirit, but he definitely sounds like a total a-hole. In Freetown Bellrock, there is another hitchhiking ghost. He is known as the man on the road. This one would see passing cars, go out into the road, and signal them to stop. The driver would always go through him. As they pass, they feel dread and a cold rush of wind. There is also the mad trucker of Copycut Road. While driving down the isolated dirt road, a truck would get extremely close to the back of the driver's car, flashing his lights and blaring his horn. After some time, he will try to drive the car off the road and then disappear in thin air. However, this is what any truck driver in Massachusetts does on the side road in the middle of the night. Another paranormal hotspot is the old Rainhand Totten dog track. There have been many reports of paranormal activity as well as sightings of unexplained spook lights. These paranormal lights are glowing balls of light said to be spirits. The Wampanoag people that they were Pukwudgie creatures that would turn into these lights to either lead you to safety or to your death. So what are Pukwudgies you may be asking? In the Freetown State Forest, Pukwudgies, or Little Wild Men of the Woods That Vanish, are human-like creatures of Wampanoag folklore, sometimes said to be two to three foot tall or 61 to 91 centimeters. They are shapeshifters, but the most common form has a porcupine spike back and a troll-like front. According to legend, Pukwudgies can appear and disappear at will, lure people to their deaths, launch poisonous arrows, and create fire. They are also known to kidnap people, push them off the cliff, and use sand to blind their victims. It's just best to leave them alone. Don't even interact with them. I could only find one possible Pukwudgie sighting. In 1990, near Rainham, Bill Russo took his Ruttweiler German Shepherd mixed dog, Samantha, on a walk around midnight. So he lived in an area of thick woodland surrounded by a cluster of swamps and natural springs. According to Russo, he decided to go on a different route than his usual trail. While walking a half mile away from home, he heard a high voice call out to him. Samantha started to pull away on her leash. Whimpering and shaking, she refused to go any further. Now, seeing a 90-pound dog shaking and trying to get away would tell me that something wasn't right. The voice calling out to Russo said, E want you. E want you. Kia. Kia. Russo looked around and saw a short creature that stepped into the streetlight. It was covered in brown fur, its face resembled a chipmunk, and it had a pot belly. As it repeated its message, it beckoned to Russo with one hand. It repeated, Kia. 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 It didn't seem threatening to Russo, but he was still terrified. Now, Samantha is going crazy at this point, pulling at her leash, slashing and whimpering. Her response finally snapped Russo back to reality and he realized that something was very wrong. They backed away from the creature and made it back to the house as fast as they could. 
At home, Russo realized that the creature was trying to say, We want you here. Here. He never saw the creature again. Lake Nipitucket, or the Nip, is a lake within the Bridgewater Triangle. Within this lake is a small island. Locals have reported seeing dancing lights as well as phantom fires on this island. However, there are no signs of smoke or footprints once someone investigates the area. For the record, it's a popular spot for locals to go swimming and fishing to, so it is very likely some teenagers party there and then bail before authorities get there. Another weird occurrence at the Nip was when it rained frogs. Now, before you start saying, it's the end time, so no, animals such as frogs and fish can be seen falling from the sky if they are caught in a tornadic water spout. This is pretty much a tornado that forms over land and travels over the water. Water spouts are not as strong as land-based tornadoes, which can reach up to 310 miles per hour, but tornadic water spouts can reach 100 miles per hour, which can still be quite destructive. The force of the water spouts could pick up and deposit animals or objects. Locals believe that they have also seen large hairy creatures in this area. There have been alleged sightings of orangutan-like creatures walking amongst the trees. Now, we're not saying these creatures are Bigfoot-like, however, there have been Bigfoot sightings here. In the year 1970, Bridgewater area residents reported seeing a hairy seven-foot-tall creature running through the yards, sometimes on two legs, but other times on all fours. I think the switching between the feet would creep me out. State police thought it was a bear and sent search dogs to look for any creature that fits the local's description, yet no animal was spotted or captured. That same year, two officers were parked in the police cruiser near the swamp. Suddenly, the rear end of the car lifted up in the air and then dropped with a loud bang. The officers quickly spun the car around to train their spotlight on the possible cause. They saw something hairy resembling a bear as it ran on two legs behind a house. A thorough search of the area commenced, but no bear or any creature was ever found. In 1978, a boy and his uncle went out hunting in the swamp. The boy shot something he believed to be a bear, but cried out like a human when it hit. The creature ran away and the boy and the uncle found bloody hair in the spot. There have been reports and sightings of a cryptozoological being called Thunderbird, which is best described as a massive pterodactyl-like bird with a large wingspan between 8 and 12 feet long. The Thunderbird is a legendary creature in North American indigenous history and culture. It is considered a supernatural being of power and strength. Now, Thunderbirds are not strictly in New England area. They are in the folklore among American Southwest, the Great Plains, and the Great Lakes. One account of the Thunderbird comes from Sergeant Thomas Dewey. In 1971, Sergeant Dewey was driving home along Winter Street in Marshfield, Massachusetts. While driving past a swamp, he came upon a giant creature standing at the edge. According to the officer, it resembled a bird, but stood over six feet tall. The creature moved towards the car, then flew up and away. He stated the wingspan was about 8 to 12 feet in length. The only evidence he could find were a few three-toed footprints. There's also the Mansfield Mystery Cat. This was a large tan African cat seen by locals. Now, Massachusetts, if you don't know, is in fact not in Africa and can be extremely cold. It is extremely strange that there were multiple sightings of a wild cat. Like, I don't even think we have mountain cats here. Now, we've all seen Tiger King. This is, in my opinion, not a fact, but it is likely that someone trafficked a large cat and it escaped. The trafficker most likely couldn't capture it or didn't want the police to get involved, so they let it go free and die in the wild. However, in May 1993, the headless body of an African serval cat was found on the Eastern Raymond Line. Like, who or what would have done this and why? I guess it still lives up to the name of being the Mansfield Mystery Cat. 
The town of Bridgewater is infamous for the UFO activity as well. Many skeptics can, you know, easily explain this away because the town is in the flight path of planes coming in and out of Boston's Logan International Airport. However, there have been sightings that go far back before air travel. To be honest, the South Shore has many documents of UFO activity throughout the years. On March 1st, 1639, the former governor, John Winthrop, recorded a second-hand account of an unidentified object in the sky over Boston. In his diary entry on March 1st, he wrote, quote, A sober, discreet man named James Everall was rowing a boat up the river at night when he saw a great light in the sky. Quote, when it stood still, it flamed up, and it was about three yards square. When it ran, it was contracted into a figure of a swine. It ran as swift as an arrow towards Charlton, or Charlestown, and so up and down about two or three hours. By the time the light moved away, Everall and his boatmates had been delivered one mile upstream, although they had no memory of how. On May 10, 1760, a very bright spear hovered above the Boston area. On Halloween night, 1908, two carriage-riding undertakers in Bridgewater saw a strange bright lantern light up above them. They watched it for about 40 minutes before it disappeared. At the time, they had hot air balloons, but in the papers, they said all hot air balloons were accounted for. So they're like, yeah, we know what you're thinking, but it wasn't. We got it covered, man. I don't know what it was. In 1968, five people claimed that they saw a strange ball of light floating among the trees in a wooded part of Rehoboth. Apparently, in 1974, then-governor Ronald Reagan, yes, that Ronald Reagan, told a newspaper that he was flying over the Freetown State Forest, possibly over the ledge, and he saw a weird light following his plane for a few minutes. It suddenly shot up and disappeared. In 1976, there were many reports of two UFOs seen landing along Route 44 near Taunton. One of the most famous sightings comes in the spring of 1979 when WHDH reporters Jerry Lopes and Steve Zabrasha witnessed strange lights in the sky at the intersection of Route 24 and Route 106 before encountering a low-flying mysterious object. Lopes said it was massive and, quote, shaped like a baseball home plate, it had a green substance or light, and he stated that it was so close he believed that he could throw a rock at it. Lopes was also a veteran Air Force pilot and knew that it was not something that he had seen before. 30 other people witnessed this UFO. In 1994, a Bridgewater law enforcement officer reported seeing a triangle-shaped craft with red and white lights. In the summer of 1999, a fast-moving UFO, accompanied by a large noise, was reported near the NIP. We now have to once again discuss the dark history of this area. Since the late 1980s, the Freetown State Forest has many cases of suspicious figures meeting by the roadside. This area is known for various cult activity. One time, a man saw a group of individuals wearing black robes, trespassing on his land. He contacted the police, and they found a large pentagram and stones on the ground. They cleared the area, but the next day, someone set the pentagram and stones back in the same spot. There have been evidence of animal sacrifices and offerings. In 1998, police found mutilated cows in the month of April, and later that year, they found a beheaded calf at the same spot. There have also been reports of cats and dogs mutilated. In 1979, there was a confirmed satanic group who were responsible for the deaths of three teenage girls. These young women were part of the said cult, as well as prostitutes for the leader. They were killed due to suspicions of cheating, trying to leave the group, as well as giving information to the police after the first two murders. I will not get into the details of this case, because it's extremely disturbing and the victims' families are still around today. They do not need another mediocre podcast to talk about their loved one's horrific fate. Justice was thankfully served at the end, and the perpetrators were arrested and received life sentences. It is said that there was an abandoned shack in the forest 
where police found cultish items, such as cloaks and altars. The police did not confirm or deny where they found the shack, however locals believe it was near the Fall River Ice House. It is unknown how many members were in the satanic cult or if there were more than one cult in the area. And that is the Bridgewater Triangle. Once again, I'm sorry I'm ending it on a kind of sad note. If I did not talk about a story, cryptid, or event, please feel free to comment it or tag us on our Instagram and Twitter at River6Audio. Thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays and happy new year. There's so much more to come. Goodbye. Creeping Out Katie was brought to you by River Sticks Audio and created by me, Katie Clark. For written transcripts, research credit, updates, and more, visit our website at riversticksaudio.wixsite.com. If you enjoyed this podcast or any of our other podcasts, follow our Instagram and Twitter under River Sticks Audio. Intro and outro song is Misconceptions by Mew. Background music, Maestro Chakalel by Jess Gallagher. Logo art by Melin Costello from MC Design. <laughs>